This has been the most trouble I've ever had researching an episode. Mary Ellen Pleasant wrote three autobiographies, and they contradict each other on basic facts, like what year she was born. Newspapers from her lifetime were used to spread rumors about her, so those aren't reliable. She is remembered as the mother of civil rights in California and the voodoo queen of San Francisco. Every account of her seems to toe the line between fact and fiction, so today we're doing our best. Mary was born sometime between 1814 and 1817. Her gravestone says 1817. Most historians believe she was born somewhere in Georgia, but she sometimes claimed Philadelphia. There are also accounts that say it was Virginia. One of her memoirs says that her mother was a, quote, full-blooded negress from Louisiana, and that her father was Hawaiian. This account of her mother may be accurate, or at least close to accurate. We know Mary practiced voodoo, and it's likely this was a cultural practice handed down from her mother's family. It's generally accepted that her father was white, because Mary was light-skinned enough that she often passed for white. We'll come back to that. She was probably born enslaved and freed at a young age. We know for sure that she became an indentured servant to an abolitionist Quaker family in Nantucket, Massachusetts. She worked as a clerk in their family store, where she learned how to run a prosperous business. And at some point, when her indentured servitude was finished, she worked in a shop. Which we think is how she met James Smith, her first husband. We don't know much about him, except that he died sometime in the 1840s and left her a large inheritance. She was remarried in 1848 to John Pleasant. It's believed they met through the Underground Railroad. He's seldom mentioned in any account past this point, so we're just going to talk about Mary alone. She arrived in San Francisco in 1852, in the midst of the gold rush. Some accounts say this cross-country move was to flee the repercussions of her abolitionist work, and in particular the Fugitive Slave Act of 1850, which required that any escaped slaves be returned even if they had reached free states. For her, it wasn't just about the people she had helped free. It was that she herself lacked papers proving she was free. When she arrived in California, she decided to let white people keep thinking she was white, which is one of the reasons her business ventures were successful. She actually used two identities. As a white woman, she was Mrs. Ellen Smith, and as a black woman, she was Mrs. Pleasant, her real name. It wasn't until 1865 that she checked black on a census. With an influx of men coming to find gold, she saw an opportunity to open boarding houses. She ended up running a pretty high-end boarding house for powerful men in the city, and one of her occupants was Newton Booth, the 11th governor of California. She threw him a gala to celebrate his inauguration. She also ran successful laundries and restaurants, worked as a housekeeper and a cook, and made some wise investments. Being around these powerful men gave her a chance to listen and learn from them, and she used this knowledge to invest and amass her fortune. She used both her fortune and these powerful connections, and sometimes blackmail, to help the black community. She helped people find jobs and homes, and she helped with legal problems and pretty much anything else someone might need. She came to be known as Black City Hall. Likely for her own protection, there are not many records of the abolitionist part of her life. It's suggested that she essentially established the Underground Railroad in California, continuing to help free enslaved people even while actively trying to avoid the Fugitive Slave Act herself. She expressed that she would never rat out her friends, which makes perfect sense in a time when admitting to anything probably would have gotten her killed. 
Near the end of her life, she told a reporter that she had helped fund abolitionist John Brown's raid in Harper's Ferry, Virginia, which is now in West Virginia. In the early hours of October 17, 1859, Brown and his men seized the Federal Armory and Arsenal in Harper's Ferry. His hope was that the local population of enslaved people would join the raid, and that they would then be able to supply weapons to freedom fighters and enslaved people throughout the country. Unfortunately, that's not what happened. The local militia was enough to make Brown take refuge in the Arsenal's engine house. Late that afternoon, the engine house was stormed by U.S. Marines under the command of Colonel Robert E. Lee. The Marines killed most of the raiders, but captured Brown. His trial was quick. He was charged with treason against the state of Virginia, murder, and slave insurrection, and he was hanged on December 2nd, about six and a half weeks after the raid. A note was found in his pocket that read, The axe is laid at the foot of the tree. When the first blow is struck, there will be more money to help. Many people think that this was a note from Mary, and some even say it was signed with her initials, M.E.P. Mary also helped change racist laws in the state of California. A streetcar driver once refused to stop for her, even though there was plenty of room and she already had a ticket. So she sued the streetcar company for denying service to black customers. Her case went all the way to the California Supreme Court, who declared segregation on streetcars to be unconstitutional. But they also reversed the $500 in damages she had been awarded in a lower court. It's been suggested that her financial and political influence also led to the repeal of the law that banned black testimony in state courts. Now, obviously, a woman this powerful, especially in this time, is going to be controversial. A scandal emerged involving her business partner, Thomas Bell. Some sources link them romantically, but regardless of whether that's true, we do know that the two of them, plus Bell's wife, Teresa, moved into a 30-room mansion that Mary herself had designed. The Bell Mansion, as it was called, also came to be known as the House of Mystery, partly because of the living arrangement and partly because of rumors about events and underground passages. There was gossip that the opulent mansion might be a brothel, and newspapers wrote about witchcraft and orgies. Mary leaned into the witchcraft rumors and was known to carry around a crystal ball. When Thomas died from a fall, some sources say it was through an upper story window, some say down the stairs, and some say over a banister. Suspicion turned to Mary. This was mostly squelched when people realized she wasn't inheriting anything from him. Not only did he not leave her anything, but their finances were deeply entwined, probably to help with business dealings that would have been more difficult for a woman, especially a black woman. Teresa sued Mary, won control of the estate, and promptly kicked her out of her house. And then she collaborated on a full-page smear piece in the San Francisco Chronicle titled Queen of the Voodoos. As you may recall, Mary did in fact practice voodoo, which was likely a familial tradition. But when Thomas died, someone claimed to have seen her pulling apart the bones of his head and picking out bits of his brain, so suffice to say she was not liked by the media. She became known, mockingly, as Mammy Pleasant. She did not take kindly to this, telling the San Francisco call on no uncertain terms, I don't like to be called Mammy by everybody. Put that down. I am not Mammy to everybody in California. I received a letter from a pastor in Sacramento. It was addressed to Mammy Pleasant. I wrote back to him on his own paper that my name was Mrs. Mary E. Pleasant. I wouldn't waste any of my paper on him. Rumors continued to be printed by the papers. 
An article from January 1902 said she performed weird voodoo rites and kept her household under a sort of hypnotic spell. It described a myriad of other unsubstantiated strange behaviors, and that's what stuck. The rumors about her didn't even stop after she died. Her obituary in the San Francisco Examiner was titled, Mammy Pleasant Will Work Weird Spells No More. Teresa Bell's own writings called her a demon from first to last. She's included on ghost tours and remembered locally as the Voodoo Queen. Today, the Mary Ellen Pleasant Memorial Park is the smallest public park in San Francisco. The entire park is six eucalyptus trees that she planted herself on the edge of a sidewalk on the lot where her mansion once sat. The entire park is officially half a block long and half the sidewalk. The house was demolished in the 1920s. The six trees were designated as a structure of merit by the city in 1974. As the story goes, Mary has haunted that corner since she died and has been known to cause chills, scare dogs, and even throw nuts from the trees. Mary spent her life trying to raise up and protect the black community in San Francisco, but she did so in a time when newly freed slaves were being blamed for an economic downturn, politicians who supported civil rights were being replaced by segregationists, and the KKK was rising to power, so the consequence of fighting white supremacy was a tarnished legacy. She became a cautionary tale of what happens when a black woman gets too powerful. It's unlikely to have bothered her, though. As she wrote in an unpublished memoir, I don't want to be carried up to victory on flower beds of ease. I like to go through bloody scenes. So, maybe the fight is what kept her going. She also wrote, more famously, You know my cause well. My cause was the cause of freedom and equality for myself and for my people, and I'd rather be a corpse than a coward. Mary died in 1904 and had requested that Friend of John Brown be inscribed on her tombstone. It was. In 2011, she got a new commemorative stone that still includes the phrase. In full, it reads, Mary Ellen Pleasant, Mother of Civil Rights in California, 1817 to 1904. Then in quotes at the bottom, it says, she was a friend of John Brown. I hope you found this episode of History Blurbs interesting. I'll be back next Friday with another short story about a historical figure and or event. Thanks for listening. See you next week. Yeah.